Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, as the Premier said, we have no new cases to report today. So uh, as of today, we have 1,064 confirmed cases of COVID-19, uh, three of them of which are active. Uh, we've had a total of 54,317 individuals uh, tested for COVID-19 with negative results. Uh, and we have uh, 63 Nova Scotians who unfortunately have died from COVID-19. Uh, as many of you are probably aware, we've had three new cases of COVID-19 identified this week. Uh, I know that each case uh, does bring concern, uh, and, and particularly uh, after having gone 20 days without, uh, without any cases. Um, as, we've, as we've been doing all along in each of the cases this week, we released the information that we can uh, respecting the need uh, for privacy and, and, and the legal requirement around that. Uh, like always, the, the, my, my public health colleagues at the Nova Scotia Health Authority conducted um, uh, immediate contact tracing in each of the positive cases, uh, and, we were in the, and we have tested all their close contacts. Um, like we did uh, to, uh, this week, as you may have seen, the, if we need to uh, do a public notification, because uh, we're not sure we can contact all uh, contacts directly, we have done that. And there was a notification around the first case about uh, who was uh, just the beginning of his, of his infectious period when he flew from Toronto uh, into uh, Halifax and when there was a public notification on that. We know that in all three cases, uh, the people were recently outside of Canada, and we are we are we are um, uh, comfortable concluding that that is where they would have con uh, come in contact with COVID-19. So the source of their infection was outside uh, of Canada. Uh, we know in each case that the, the, that the people did what they were supposed to do uh, under the Health Protection Act in terms of their, any requirements for isolation. Uh, so that's, that's uh, uh, comforting to know that people are understanding and the pro protocols we have in place around temporary farm workers are, are working. Um, uh, again, in, e in each of the cases when people became symptomatic, they, uh, they, they came forward and, and, and got tested. And because they had appropriate isolation, we have had very few contacts, uh, uh, you know, a half a dozen contacts in total from all three cases. Um, so overall, this is, this is very good news, which, which what we really expected, that the likely source of people, new cases in Nova Scotia would be from people exposed outside, especially outside of Canada, and that the things we have in place to rapidly uh, de detect people uh, and the, ice, the, the requirements around isolation uh, minimize contacts here within the province. But it's an important reminder about uh, the, uh, uh, the rules are there for a purpose. The rules around 14-day isolation periods uh, uh, and, and, and uh, what we ask people to do to come forward and get tested as soon as they become sick, there's a reason behind those, and it's important that those are followed. Um, we, we, as we said, we've tested contacts that we may get some, some further cases uh, from the small number of contacts that we uh, have tested. Uh, that will tell over the next week uh, to two weeks. Um, but if people hadn't been isolating as they're expected, we, had, we could have had a, a much more serious situation. Uh, I can't emphasize enough the importance of uh, the rules and the recommendations from public health are there for a purpose and it's important that we all uh, follow them.
and which leads me to some observations I've made that in the last week since I was on self-isolation for two weeks, since that's end ended, I've been able to be out uh, and about a bit more. Uh, I've even gone into a couple of, of stores. But what I'm, uh, uh, what I'm seeing and, and certainly what I'm hearing from other people is that I'm extremely worried that people are becoming complacent. Uh, that that I'm seeing a lot of situations where, where people are not maintaining uh, the, the six feet or two meter physical distance uh, where, where that's possible. Lots of circumstances where our recommendation around masks is if you're in an environment around other people and, and physical distancing can't be maintained, so that's basically any indoor retail environment, malls, etc. cetera, uh, the, the vast majority of people are not wearing masks. Uh, these are critical uh, pieces that keeping apart uh, the physical distance as much as possible uh, and where that's, not, where that's not possible, wearing a mask, they're extremely important in terms of all of us practicing those, it's, it's those measures uh, along with uh, the other uh, uh, personal pre preventive measures that we that I talked about last week. So staying home if, if you're not feeling well, uh, making sure you have good uh, frequent washing of your hands, uh, what we call cough hygiene. If you're coughing, you're sneezing into, into your sleeve. Um, uh, being being cautious about uh, where your hands go and and and, uh, and not touching your face, frequent cleaning of surfaces. It's all those things that we need to do together, along with the distancing and the masking, and then creating whether it's retail environments, workplace environments, our community environments that support all those. Uh, those are the the tools we have to minimize the impact of COVID-19. We will get more cases how we control the spread and what will allow us to remain open as, as much as possible is all Nova Scotians practicing that package of personal preventive measures. Um, it's, um, uh, we, we have certainly strengthened our recommendation around masking, but we have a lot of work to do to change the norm around masking. So I'm really asking Nova Scotians to, uh, to think about what they need to do to improve their practices around physical distancing. We're allowing some social contact, but think being very thoughtful about how you limit that uh, and, and using masks where you can't physically distance and all the other uh, all the other measures that I just just described um, we got to where we're at because we were very uh, diligent about uh, and we had very tight restrictions as we necessarily loosen our those restrictions we have increased risk that what, what will allow us to remain open as much as possible is all of us taking the preventive steps uh, seriously so we can't afford to have, uh, have complacency about that because uh, we know that COVID-19 is it, it's not over. Uh, it is part of our new normal, and so we all have to be better at, at doing what we can to pre prevent its spread, to protect each other. I know that I've heard a lot, as the, as the Premier said, a lot of concerns about uh, people coming in now for, for, to Nova Scotia from outside Atlantic Canada. Uh, and as the Premier said, we are actively working to increase the collection of information and monitoring uh, uh, in individuals uh, as they come into our province and making sure they're adhering to the isolation period. Uh, lo lots of people are saying, well, we should, should not just not let people uh, come. Uh, but that's really not practical or feasible. Opening 
up our province to visitors and, and, and Nova Scotians coming back is essential to many businesses, to our overall economy. It's also important uh, for vital reasons for family and social connections. So we do, we cannot remain locked down forever. We do have to open up and allow more travel, but at the same time we need to do that, uh, that safely. And that's why uh, we need to maintain uh, the, the ability to test and have rapid public health follow-up, but it's equally important, as I described, all the personal preventive measures that uh, that we that we all need to do. That we need to really step up our game and be very thoughtful and careful about those, because it's those together. If we all do those, that allows us to remain open and allow us to have an open uh, summer uh, and enjoy a number of things. That that if that, uh, but if we're not if we're not careful, we run the very real risk of having a resurgence of COVID-19 and having to having to uh, to uh, uh, tighten things up again, which I, I know nobody uh, wants to have. So I'd really ask people to maybe th think about not worrying so much about each other, what others are doing, and focusing on what, what we're doing. What are each of us as individuals doing to, uh, to prevent uh, the spread of COVID-19? And just on testing, we know that uh, the QE2 lab still remains 24-7 capacity, uh, that there were 372 tests done yesterday. We're still making sure that uh, Nova Scotians who are required testing have, have, have easy and, and rapid access uh, to testing. I continue to remind people that if, uh, if they have any of the symptoms uh, that are on our uh, COVID-19 website, if they, any of the symptoms that could be uh, um, associated with COVID-19, to reach out, do the online 811 assessment, and if you can't do that, to call 811, and we'll you take their, their advice from there um, moving forward around whether you need testing or not. Today is the day where the new gathering limits, uh, which we announced last week, come into effect. So uh, I'm just going to remind people of what those gathering limits are. Um, and it's an important reminder that as we open up all these opportunities for larger numbers of people to, to get together, uh, these are places, these larger gatherings, where it's really important that the people around the rules, especially, uh, you know, if you can be social distance, you need to continue to be distance. If you, uh, if you can't be sure of that, then it's really important that everybody uh, wears a mask as part of allowing these gatherings to happen in a, in a safe manner. So starting today, recognized businesses or organizations can hold outdoor events with up to 250 people. And indoor events can happen with 50% of the capacity of that indoor uh, facility, up to a maximum of 200 people. The type of events that can be hosted are arts and culture events, special events and festivals, faith-based gatherings and weddings and funerals. Um, it's important to understand that these expanded gathering limits are only for events, these type of events, when they're run by a recognized business or organization. So an examples of, of what that would, what could be a recognized business or organization are if they're wedding or event planners, hotels and convention spaces, churches, synagogues, mosques, and, and various types of theaters. We have put this in place because it's, we need to have a recognized business or organization who can, who can take on the responsibility uh, that, uh, that on hosting an event that can follow the public health measures that will allow a gathering to happen safely. If, if, the, if you're thinking about having the gathering and it's not run by a, what we call a recognized business or organization, then that gathering limit must remain at 50. 
So, for example, if you're holding a family uh, organ, a family reunion, and somebody's in a, or a backyard wedding, then the limit for that is is, is it needs to be held at 50. That simply because if without a recognized business or organization that can be held accountable and has the resources to uh, uh, implement the proper uh, safety measures, we need to restrict the number of people that that, that can gather. It, it, large gatherings of people are significantly increased risk for COVID-19, so it's important that they can be done in a safe manner. And in all of those scenarios, any type of gathering, uh, whether it's up to 50 or the, or, the new, or the new limits, that it's physical distancing must be maintained, except if people are from the same household or if they're in a pre-selected uh, close social group uh, of up to 10. Today is also a big day uh, in terms of uh, the Atlantic bubble uh, came into effect this morning, and uh, I know that our, our borders are, are very busy, along with the borders into our, our neighboring provinces as well. Um, that it really allows us to open up and now it's we're all Atlantic Canada we are kind of all in in this big bubble together uh, I know that a lot of businesses uh, especially related to tourism and and, and public service uh, have very much been looking forward to today um, and we'd like to welcome anybody from uh, any of our Atlantic neighbors who are who are now making the trip into Nova Scotia uh, we ask that they familiarize themselves with Nova Scotia rules under the Public Health Act in a state of emergency um, and follow those. It's important that they follow the rules while they're here, like all Nova Scotians. Um, as we announced yesterday, any Atlantic Canadian resident who plans to visit Nova Scotia will be required to show proof of, of a permanent residency in their Atlantic province uh, to be able to enter. Uh, enter. Um, there's a range of types of identification that are acceptable. Those are all on our website. Uh, we encourage Nova Scotians who are traveling to uh, other Atlantic provinces to go to their, those provinces' uh, website and familiarize themselves with the rules of the province that they're entering and the requirements for entry uh, into those provinces. We've tried to make uh, the, uh, the uh, identification that's necessary as consistent as possible to make it as, as easy as possible to move between provinces. But each province does have some different rules and, and some, some differences in the process for entry. And to make it easy on our provincial uh, uh, website, so that's novascotia.ca slash coronavirus, we've added links to the, to the, uh, the, the same type of uh, websites in each of the other Atlantic provinces as well. So it's important to go online whether you're going to travel, uh, you know, you're thinking of leaving Nova Scotia and then coming back uh, for some type of vacation or trip. It's important that you familiarize yourself about what will be required when you come back to Nova Scotia and what will be required when you go to another Atlantic province. Um, that it's important to understand that while we've made this change and created an Atlantic bubble, uh, as the Premier said earlier and I said too, there are no changes to travel from outside Atlantic Canada. We still have the requirements that anybody coming in from another um, uh, uh, Canadian province uh, uh, west of uh, Quebec and west or from any other country across our international borders uh, is required to isolate for 14 days um, and that'll, that includes Nova Scotians. If you choose 
choose to take a vacation in, in Ontario this summer, you will be required, uh, at this point in time, you would be required to come back and, and isolate for 14 days when you come back uh, into Nova Scotia. Those are important because we still uh, have, uh, you know, varying epidemiology in different provinces in the country, and certainly uh, nobody, anybody who's looked at all at the news, our neighbor to the south is in a very different station, uh, different situation related to COVID-19, and there's lots of COVID-19 act activity in other countries as well. So it's important that we have continue to respect the, the need to protect Nova Scotia by having uh, strong um, uh, isolation of people coming into our province where appropriate. I want to move on to very quickly to a, di a slightly different topic, but it is an impact of COVID-19. Um, earlier today, the Nova Scotia Health, Health Authority announced that they will be uh, uh, restarting the grade 7 immunization uh, clinics. So uh, typically we have all uh, our, our grade 7 students in our public schools are, are offered uh, a range of vaccines on different occasions throughout the grade 7 school year. Uh, those clinics weren't able to be uh, the third dose of vaccines weren't able to be offered uh, th this spring. Uh, so public health, uh, in anticipation of, of needing to do gr uh, the, the, the new grade 7 class in, in the fall and maybe having to do something somewhat different for them, we need to make sure that the, the students who have just graduated from grade 7 get their vaccinations uh, throughout the summer. So public health will be holding clinics in July and August for, for the recently graduated grade, grade 7 students. Uh, there'll be a lot more a lot more information coming to those those families and to those students we're working with uh, community uh, partners we're working with our, our partners in the and regional centers for education uh, on this the clinics will be held in, and and run in a way that 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 keeps social distancing so they are designed with COVID-19 safety uh, as top of mind uh, more information on that will be coming out but I, I wanted to make sure people were aware of that uh, and that coming and if you had a as a family if you've had a student recently graduated from grade seven, pay attention, there's more information coming. And I highly recommend, or more than highly, I, I can't say how important it is that any students who, uh, who, were, who were, didn't get that third dose of, uh, of vaccine against the diseases we immunize against hep are all important. Hepatitis B, a human papillomavirus, HPV, meningococcal disease, tetanus, diphtheria, pertussis. Those are all very important to continue to be protected. So uh, this is a critically important thing to, uh, to put into your schedule as you get more information. Make sure that the, the, the students are, are uh, finish off the vaccine series. In conclusion, I know that uh, that uh, that you know as we went through the last 20 days with no no cases, that people were feeling a sense of relief, um, uh, and and perhaps that's contributed a, a feeling that things are over and we we can let our guard down. But that couldn't be further from the truth. We have to continue to pay attention to COVID, continue to be uh, wary about it, and take the necessary prevention steps. And maybe the cases this the, uh, this week are actually uh, 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 in some ways. A, a fortunate reminder about uh, our needing to maintain our, our vigilance that COVID-19 is part of our new normal and that as we continue to open things up necessarily so we do have risk of COVID-19 and as I said that the way we control this it's in our hands to a large extent uh, we need to all take ownership of the things that we can do uh, the steps of I've outlined last week and outlined again today that what are we all each of us going to do to make sure that we're keeping each other safe by uh, following all the preventive steps around COVID-19.